0: Support Black Podcasts. There's something about intelligent black discourse that's mixed with a bit of tomfoolery and showfire shenanigans to brighten up anybody's podcasting day. That's what goes down on Defcon Jive, the podcast. Join hosts Boom, a.k.a. the Cerebral Knievel, Remy, the Scumbag Infinite, Cannon, the Stunticon, Young Scrap, and CP, a.k.a. LeBron James Bond, on DefCon Jive, the podcast. Available on defconjive.com, as well as any place and every place that you get cool podcasts. Remember, support Black Podcasts.
1: So, I saw uh, Queen. I saw the Queen movie.
0: Entitled... Bohemian Rhapsody. Did
1: you say Bohemian Rhapsody? (laughs) Whoa, isn't he a bro? He's kind of bro
0: Um,
1: (laughs) He likes the bros.
0: So, I saw that film. Isn't that with the guy um, from... Remy Malek. From iRobot, right? From Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot.
1: Yeah, iRobot is the Will Smith-John iRobot. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I Am Legend. Did a lot of i-related things.
0: It's, It's always about Will.
1: So... I saw that film and I was sitting there thinking about it. And I mean, it's, it's working its magic on me. It's, it's, it's Hollywood magic and I'm getting emotional and mm. I'm, I'm getting choked up at the right parts. And, uh, it's a, it's a, by the numbers biopic, biopic mm-hmm. which I, I always, uh, almost always call a biopic. <laughs> it's a good, it's a biopic, but it does its work. And when I walked out, I went, oh, okay, it makes me, it did what it needs to do, which is make me interested in Queen, right? So it it gives you just enough to go, hey, here's the guys that made this music, here's kind of how they did it, Uh, a bunch of this is probably lies, but you know that, here you go. And I was thinking about it, why don't I, because I came in, and Rachel was here, my assistant, and I was like, I don't care about Queen. She's like, what do you mean you don't care about Queen? I grew up on Queen, Queen's the best. Here's... And I want to know your opinion on Queen after, I'm, after I get through this. Um, musically, a lot of it is interesting. Mm-hmm. I downloaded, because of this film, I downloaded Queen 2, which is the album with Bohemian Rhapsody on it. Right. And uh, it's a lot of, like, I would say things that remind me thematically of the stuff Led Zeppelin would sing about. hmm Misty Mountains and Ogres. You know what I mean? It's like this weird, almost fantasy-type stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I couldn't get through the entire album. I listened to the first five, six tracks, and I just went, "Don't care." Nothing lyrically about Queen, the band that they put out, speaks to me on an emotional level, and that's why I never cared about them. My my first experience of Queen was in Wayne's World, them.
0: Oh wow!
1: Singing along in the car, and I remember I came home and I said, "Hey, Ma." Oh, I saw this movie, Wayne's World. It's so funny, you gotta see it. And it's got this great new band in it called Queen. And she went to the the record, the stack of records, <laughs> and she went, "Oh, this one is like a handful of Queen records." And I was like, "Oh, I'm a dummy." So yeah, how do you feel about Queen? Do you care about them as a band?
0: I do, I do. I, I can't say that I like know their entire discography and anything like that, mm-hmm. but I have, I've never seen Queen. Live perform, mm. like I, 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 but I have seen them perform live. Yes, yes. Um, when it. they did, uh, what was that big concert? Live Aid. Live Aid. That is the culmination of the film, right? And watching that, and and I had always heard a deep appreciation for Queen, and I mm. and I had an appreciation for them in the, in their musical stylings mm. and the, the the over uh top performance of Freddie Mercury. Mm. But watching that performance, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Because, one, this man is owning the stage. Yes. This very tiny man is owning this stage. And this entire thousands of people crowd. Everybody is hanging on his every word. They are moving with him, Mm -hmm. right? And this is a stage, mind you, this was Live Aid, the biggest acts of the time were going to be on Mm -hmm. the stage. And he totally owned it. So it's like, yo, I get it. So that watching that gave me even more of an appreciation for his music mm-hmm. and making me wish that I had seen him yeah. live. Uh so it, he he really it really does mean a lot to me. And then I think having people whose opinion I respect watching them get into you know, Queen mm-hmm. and everybody is like, Mama yeah, Like yeah. just going off into it and then you just get involved in it and and then you you hear his, his music being played in movies and you still got We Are the Champions played everywhere. Yeah. Um it's been a, a big part of 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 the <laughs> Simpsons history. You know, that's an introduction for a lot of people's a lot that's a lot that's a lot of jumping on point for a lot of people. What about the Simpsons? Queen um they make fun of and do their own parody of Bohemian Rhapsody and The Simpsons
1: oh I don't remember that oh
0: yeah big oh. time it, probably more than once more than once have they, they they've done that because I think they've also played we are the champions in oh. some way on uh, when like the Springfield isotopes won like a big oh, game I or see, something yeah. like that so um yeah Queen means a lot to me I wanted to see the movie. I'd heard mixed things about the movie and uh, there was a couple of other movies that came out around the same time so I just never didn't get around to it. So I know I'll probably catch it on Netflix, yeah. but yeah. Quit- it's
1: worth it's worth a watch. Yeah. Yeah. I can but imagine. musically, they have a lot of anthems. They're very anthemic. That's yes that's um, the um we are the champions, we will rock you, mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Um but then there's like I'm in love with my car and I want to ride my bicycle. And I'm like, none of this, like they're good. Like some of, some of those, the the earlier ones I mentioned are good, like fist pumping. Yes. Like I can understand why there's thousands of people would like jam along to that together because there's a, there's a crowd pleasing aesthetic to Mm -hmm. those songs and there's Mm -hmm. a good beat that you can stomp to. But yeah, as like sitting along alone in my car, listening to these songs, there's nothing for me to emotionally grasp. Um, So yeah, but uh, I love what he represents I love uh, his story. Yeah, Um, yeah. There's there's a lot of a lot there for me to enjoy about them as a story versus them as a musical entity. That's fine. Yeah. So welcome to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk. Uh, I'm Johnny Destructo. I'm the Bat Tribble. And we are here at 4327 Main Street in Maniunk, Pennsylvania, at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex to talk about, kind of,
0: it seems like whatever's on our mind. It's <laughs> like Black Friday. Sometimes it's Queen. Um, well, since you made that movie recommendation for people, I will make my own movie recommendation for, for the people. Mm-hmm. They should go see Viola Davis. Oh. Michelle Rodriguez. <gasps> oh. In uh director Stephen, Oh, God, what's his name? Hawking. It's not Stephen Hawkins. <laughs> but it's Steve McQueen's. Director Steve McQueen's Widows. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Let me tell you right now, Widows is from the beginning to the end an excellent movie. It is a it's a Kick ass heist movie, but not just a heist movie. It's a kick ass thriller, but not just a thriller. It's a kick ass comedy because there's funny parts in it, but not just the comedy. It's got action, but not just action. <laughs> if you watched, um, if you, it, it, it's 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 got like these great name actors and like just really small roles, hmm. but fits so well. Like Liam Neeson is in this movie and like he's in the movie for maybe I don't think he's in the movie for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. yet you feel his presence throughout this entire movie. Robert Duvall is maybe in three scenes but he owns them Mm -hmm. and you feel him but he still does not steal the movie from Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez um and, and all the other women in this movie, including my newest crush, Cynthia Arrivo. Cynthia Arrivo, a name that a lot of people, some of you people are going to know, she is already, this is a woman who steals Bad Times at the El, El Royale. Oh, I still haven't seen that. She, she steals that movie, right? But, she is a woman that has already won a Tony Award for oh. the Color Purple musical, huh. an Emmy Award for performing on the Tony Awards, a Grammy for the album of the Color Purple musical, and she is the front runner for the uh, movie adaptation of the Color Purple musical that Steven Spielberg is is planning. And let me tell you. All that, so she's a phenomenal singer. Yeah. All that does not prepare you for the physical specimen that this woman (laughs) is in this film. You know how Tom Cruise runs in every movie? Yeah, he he sure
1: does, yeah. And Brad Pitt eats. Right. (laughs) Well, she
0: doesn't eat in this movie, Uh but she outruns Tom Cruise. In one scene in this movie, you forget Tom Cruise is running. That's Everybody so hypes up about uh, 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 Michael B. Jordan in Creed, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. In one scene, she out trains him wow. in this movie. And even that doesn't take away from the awesomeness that this story is. It is. It is probably the best, easily, no, I will say it. I'll put it on there. It is the best film I saw in 2018. Holy cats. It is so good. So I wasn't. Good. I
1: wasn't feeling all that. I was just like, "Oh, this looks cool." It is cool. I'm, it like, is cool.
0: Yeah. I just. It's cool. Uh, Wait a minute. Who's? I, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The lead actor in um, Get Out.
1: Yeah, I know you're talking about. Because I was about to mention him, but I, I didn't do it because I forgot his name. Because I, I,
0: I, I'm. I want to say David O. o Oyuelo, but I know that's not him. Um, he. Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, Kaluuya? Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. You will forget all about him. And get out yeah. and and Black Panther when you see him in this movie. Wow, you right. will totally forget about forget about it. He is he he may be the most terrifying villain of 2018. what And <laughs> tell me more and my man Brian Terry who who does incredible work as paperboy on Atlanta. Oh yeah, yeah. He is in this movie and he is almost unrecognizable. That is just how phenomenal a job he does in this movie. Oh, I mean oh, I'm Widows, so excited. Oh, it's it's just so good. What's tonight? Maybe I'll maybe I'll get Sushan. We'll go see it. Y'all should go see it. Yeah. You should go see it, man. It's a beautiful it's, it's a great date night. I took the lady, we went on just this past Monday. Went to the movie tavern, had some drinks, some good food, watched this great I like movie. That movie. tavern. It was perfect.
1: Mm, I love that movie tavern. The movie tavern is some best. I'll tell you what though. They got on my bad side for a little while there because literally the reason we went to movie tavern was for those fried pickles. They uh. got these spicy fried pickles that were just, and uh, they stopped making them. Well, they didn't stop making them. They may as well have stopped making them. What they did, <laughs> right? So they got pickled chips. Uh. It's a little, little slices of pickle, and they they batter it, and they you fuck, it's crispy, and you dunk it in some ranch dressing, and, dump, 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 dump. and then they were like, nah. You like those? Tough titty toenails. What we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna give you those uh, long pickle spears.
0: And deep fried those?
1: Yeah, fuck you.
0: Isn't fuck that you, the same? movie
1: tavern. Is that Fucking the same? bullshit? All because you know it's all. Uh, that's a lot of moisture in in a pickle spear, mm-hmm. and so all of the fried stuff just slides off. Oh, get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> You, I can't explain, because they were the best pick. When I first went there, and I was like, oh, this is weird. Look at this, honey. They've got fried pickles. What a dumb... That's so stupid. That sounds weird. Uh, they sound just crazy enough that they might work, and I tried them, and I was like, oh, holy cats. This is delicious. <laughs> and then it would be like, hey, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to AMC? Do you want to go to Rego? I said, nah, no, let's go to Movie Tavern, because they got those fried pickles. Now, then, pickle spears Maya. Anyway, so uh, we got emails... <laughs> Should we read emails? We want to talk some more about culinary treats at the movie theater? Uh, Home dad abroad, gutter talk, man saucy.
0: Okay. Hey, you want to do this the same way we did the other one where we do one? Yeah,
1: it allows us to breathe a little bit, one paragraph
0: each. Yes. Hey, J.D. and Len. I'm sorry that I arrived a day late during my firstborn financial drain's college tour of overpriced, ivy-covered halls of higher learning to have the opportunity to pop into the hero complex during the actual recording of your podcast. But I'm here now, and that's what really counts.
1: In the spirit of the person at whom you specifically target all of your podcasts, rather than unleash a torrent of rant upon your listenership, I will now talk back to you
0: as I listen. One, oh yeah, but not really the voice. Two, I don't know, I stopped after the first. 3 is just too missiony 4 but do i really need to <laughs>
1: For those of you who prefer context for commentary because you are possessed of a fully developed consciousness with an inner voice that helps you craft ideas prior to vocal regurgitation and were raised with genuine face-to-face social skills with which to build interpersonal relationships, I will now elucidate.
0: Len, I too am a fan of Gilbert Godfrey's amazing colossal podcast with its reverent and irreverent oral history of the 20th century entertainment. However, to put your mind at ease, JD, the Gilbert voice of his stand-up character is not his actual voice, but rather a caricature of it. His natural voice is more subdued and thus easier to take over the course of a meandering interview. It's a good listen, even if you only have cursory recognition of the people and topics. I feel much the same way about Len's Michaud mission, but far less Milton Berle penis. (laughs) very (laughs) true
1: I wasn't expecting that as for Fortitude uh, the show on Amazon Prime that JD is in love with I watched it when my wife was traveling rather than sleeping but found it good but it's had plotting and so never sought out the second season perhaps I'll follow your
0: recommendation this time and give it another look as for ozark it tries very hard to be dark very hard indeed but at the end of the day it derives its darkness from a mission movie aesthetic where things keep going off the rails more and more as the goalposts get, get pushed further and further away furthermore everyone around the main character has permission to descend into despicable acts while he has to remain on task and quote-unquote morally centered, which makes him the shadowy equivalent of his Michael Bluth. But even Michael went dark occasionally, which makes his Ozark character a little weak.
1: I, I have not forayed into Titans, as that requires some less than fully legal hoop-jumping to ex- access from Southeast Asia, but would it really be worth it? I tried to stumble through Cloak and Dagger, but it fell too heavily into teenagey in all the wrong ways. It seems to me that with the limited time left to me on this Earth, I've only got another 50-ish years left, at best, if this be middle life. Do I need to spend some of it on Titans? I mean, Hawk and Dove aside, what can I only get from Titans?
0: Unsolicited response complete.
1: My apologies if this indirect taunting drives a certain obsessive to move his stalking physically over to your shop. (laughs) However, use your environment. If he does show up, keep some matches on hand to take full advantage of that gas
0: leak. Speaking of which, awesome little comic shop you've got there. I should have taken your advice since upon hearing of my visit, my youngest immediately asked, Did you get me any Aquaman? And yes, yes. He also can't remember how or why he glommed into that character when he was young, but feels stuck with the obsession. Such a little geek. I'm so proud.
1: With merely non-ranting commentary, The Home Dad Abroad. So, uh, all right, real quick. Let's let's scroll back up to the top. Scroll back Um, to the top. I hope your kid found a good college, uh, the podcast. Gilbert Gottfried. So, yeah, that was my question. You kept talking about this Gilbert Gottfried podcast, and for the life of me, I could not understand how a man who puts that fake voice on could have a podcast. Mm-hmm. I can barely listen to my own voice, let alone Gilbert Godfrey for <laughs> an hour. Uh, so I'm glad that he
0: kind of un-Gilberts it a little bit. Oh, he does. He does. And like I said, he has a, a co-host, Frank Central Padre, that's his name, um, who does most of like the interviewing and talking. Mm-hmm. And so allows Gilbert to kind of be Gilbert okay. a little bit. Um, it's funny. It, 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 there's a lot of references to... Milton Burrow's penis <laughs> on on there, um, but but not but there's three callbacks that always happen. He always wants to know, especially when he's talking to old Hollywood, if people have seen Milton Berle's penis. Do Do you know who Milton Berle is? Yeah. And, and, do you know of the legend of Milton Berle? Uh, no. M-
1: I'm assuming it has something to do with his penis.
0: Yes. I mean, you know, outside of like, you know, Uncle Milton, a great comic and all that type of stuff, um, Milton Burrow is famous for having a huge penis, oh. which he would <laughs> very often you know, have on display when you went backstage to visit him. Gross. Um, So he always likes to find out who actually has seen it to just, like, verify whether or not he actually had a a huge penis. Um, But then there's this, another famous story about the actor Danny Thomas. I don't know if you probably don't. Danny Thomas, I don't think his fame survived until the... 80s at all really um but he was a name in the 50s and 60s and everything like that right mm-hmm. but the, the the story of Danny Thomas is that um you know he was a straight guy but mm-hmm. like many straight guys he was into some crazy things and one of them apparently was that sometimes in his in his uh dressing room he had a glass table glass coffee table oh man which he would lay under the coffee
1: table. Oh, no.
0: As he would have women
1: uh-huh. uh uh defecate
0: defecate on top of the coffee table. Oh, no. That's a story. It's a it's an it's an urban legend. I don't like it. <laughs> you know, I don't know what cities in which this is an urban legend, but it apparently is an urban legend. Another urban legend has to deal with Batman more specifically has to deal with the Joker and even more specifically has to deal with Cesar Romero who oh. played the Joker back in the Batman TV show in the 60s. 1966? Yes. The legend of Cesar Romero was that oftentimes in his <laughs> I crack up thinking about it uh, in his dressing room he would um, have a, like a lot of interns or, or pages like yeah. Young Boys Come into his dressing room. And he'd stand off in the corner and pull down his pants. Uh huh. And we, he would have these young boys throw orange wedges at his bear behind. Shut up. <laughs> that's, not that's, that's the legend. That just sounds so ridiculous. That's the legend. That's the legend. And, 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 and uh, Gilbert Goffrey on his show is always trying to find people who can like verify who have legend. thrown orange this wedges at legend, Romero's rump. But this last legend has been verified on more than one occasion. There's a writer uh, an actor of of uh, ancient comedy named Pat McCormick. Never heard of him. Um, he. It, it, uh he he was a he was a writer and and all all the comedians knew him right so he was big with the the famous writers he was
1: a a writer's writer a comedian's there you writer go yeah.
0: right but the famous story with with pat was that he would sometimes get his you know his writer friends and he'd pack them into a, a helicopter along with a hooker and he would take them for heli- helicopter rides uh, around Los Angeles with the hooker. And they would go to like one of his writer's friend's house and hover ab- above their house in the helicopter while the hooker would give the writers whose house it was a blowjob.
1: So, I'm sorry, uh, he, they would get in a helicopter, let's say we're in a helicopter, mm-hmm. me and you and a hooker, and we, is <laughs> that the helicopter sound or the blowjob sound? I can't tell. Um,
0: and uh, we, we so, would fly. So, me and you were flying in a helicopter, and, and we, then we're hovering over the hero complex.
1: Yeah, while I got a BJ. While you
0: get a blowjob from the hooker. But
1: why? So, you could
0: see your own house? Pretty much, Yes.
1: It doesn't make any sense. Yes. My wife just walked by going, what? What? <laughs> you know, when you were telling me the first story about the glass table, I immediately flashed forward and was disgusted that I knew where this was going, right. despite not knowing the legend. Yes. This one this one threw me a curveball. Yes. I didn't know where this was headed. Didn't know like, where it going, right? Did, would they murder Hooker? Like, what were
0: they doing? Okay. Still weird. It, yes. And has been verified by more than at least five people on the Gilbert Gottfried Amazing Colossal Podcast. What so it thinking? is a true story.
1: Okay. Well thanks Gilbert for shedding light on these on these questions I need answering. Uh, Fortitude, yeah, definitely finish up Fortitude season 2. Fortitude 1, very slow beginning. Very slow burn. But season 2, man, you're they've already there's they start you off where they left you off in season 1. So, yeah. it's not another slow burn. Um
0: Ozark, I've only watched one episode of. Ozark, I watched the first season. Um, I'm slow walking through the second season. I see what he means mm-hmm. about how they keep pushing the goalposts further and further away as more things like, you know, you think they have things kind of set up uh-huh. and then something else happens. And it's like, how many times can something else happen? Yeah. Like there's there's not that many something else in the world. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean?
1: I don't know if I want to see it. Sometimes I'm into dark shows. But these days, it's either like kitschy horror kind of stuff I like that's dark, Mm -hmm. um, or like even lighter fare than that, like *Sabrina*, the teenage witch, like the new Netflix show, which has spooky elements to it, but it's still pretty much like teen drama, cutesy stuff. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I found. I think. I found myself uh, watching a lot of real dark shows because I was watching Ozark. I was watching um, this show, uh, Counterpart, with J.K. Simmons on. That's on uh, Amazon Prime, right? No, or it's not it Amazon who? Prime. It's on. Uh, it's either I think it's Stars. Oh, jeez! It's on Stars. Is that
1: is that still a thing?
0: Yeah, Stars is a no, thing. I
1: don't know. I never I never hear the word Stars. You know it's where I mean?
0: American Gods is. Oh nope, never seen it. Anyway, sorry. Um. Yeah, so I was watching that, that's dark. So I was just watching a whole lot of dark stuff, and I was like, ah, I'm kind of darked. I'm kind of darked out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you, know, yeah. I, and, and, you know, and you know, I'm black. So it was, like, it was like, I don't need all this darkness in my life. Yeah, so... <laughs> so I needed something lighter. So, which oh, took me oh. to the late 1950s, early 1960s, and the world of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. At which i love i love that show you know why you loved it because it's great yes it's really good it's really darn good
1: i I don't i don't know if i said this on the air before but i i had told you this story pre-recording that uh sushan and i we watched like the half of the first episode Mm -hmm. and it was a white woman and she was going around with all this money and then she would butt in line at the grow at the at the meat at the Deli The meat dude Yeah the, yeah, the deli The meat yes. dude Yes the meat dude. Uh, the neighborhood meat dude And <laughs> then people would be like
0: meat dude Hey
1: uh, I'm in line for meat dude And they'd be like She'd be like oh, I'll buy your ribs And just keep Throwing money at problems Right And so I kind of hated her for that uh, And then you've got The stand up comedian Who's the boyfriend And he was stealing Comedic bits from You know other comedians And stuff I said this about comedians. These people that I like Yeah And then the beginning of the show, you go through half the episode, before they even tell you, oh yeah, this lady who buys her way out of problems and Mm -hmm. is just prancing her way through the New York streets screaming, we got a rabbi, uh, has children. She's got children that have just been downstairs being watched by her parents.
0: Yeah, but see, but I got that. I got that. One, I liked it because, you know, it showed that there was a hierarchy among the privileged. Mm. So I liked that. And she was one, you know, at least... Believed she was of the higher higher status yeah. and privileged them, yeah. so I, I appreciated that. And the whole thing about how they got a rabbi is because she had made everybody sick at her wedding because they had shrimp at <laughs> the wedding, you know, unbeknownst to them. Um, I just I I, I mean. I fell in love with this this show. I just well, yeah, that's where I'm headed. Is that when I
1: first we watched the first episode, we didn't make it through it because we hated the main character so much, Mm -hmm. with her white privilege and everything. And it was just (laughs) I wasn't in the headspace to appreciate it, I guess. And then everyone, I think I I heard a couple of mumblings and rumblings about it. People being like, "Oh, it's real good." So uh, when I had another chance, I sat down and watched it, and we just blew through the whole first season. And it's very charming. It's very funny. Uh, There's really heartfelt moments. Um, It's really a glorious and fantastic show that's just a joy to watch. Uh, The staging of this show is such that it feels like it's going to be a a musical, that characters are going to break out in song at any minute, but no Mm -hmm. one ever does. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's it's, it's a wonderful show. And, you know, you've got breakout performance by... um,
0: Oh, the, the Mrs. Mazel. Mrs. Mazel is played by. I just had her name up here. Rachel Brosnahan. Brosnahan? It's that's got to be wrong. B R O S N A H A N.
1: Oh sure, but I, actually, I wasn't even thinking of her. Who are you talking I about? I was thinking of Susie.
0: Oh, Susie. Alex Borstein. Alex
1: Borstein. Who uh um who is uh you know from Family Guy.
0: Mm-hmm. She's, yes. um, she is uh she's she's um the, the wife.
1: Yeah, well, I can't remember her name.
0: I don't watch the show. It's
1: Peter Griffin, Peter and not Meg. Meg is the daughter.
0: Lois. Lois. <laughs> Sushan's
1: yeah. mouthing the word Lois to me. Um yeah, so she's been in a ton of stuff. She's been in Mad TV. She's been a long working actress. Yeah. Doing it- a lot of interesting work, but nothing that ever made me really get emotional mm. about what she was doing. And uh, I think she's really hit something with this Susie character in here. I think she's uh, just a
0: joy to watch. She is a joy to watch. She's funny as hell, but like you just said, you, she makes you emotional. And I'm curious, is there, can you point to one scene in your mind real quick where you really felt, for Susie, Because there's one that comes into my mind. Uh,
1: well, they're in her little tiny apartment that she has to fold up the bed in order to open the door. Mm-hmm. And they're, I think they're kind of having a discussion back and forth about, you know, she had gone to... Miss Mazel had gone to another comedian, I think. Right. Uh, and they had kind of a breakup. Yeah. And then they come back together and they sort of say their apologies and everything and they sort of reconnect. Right. Uh, I, I believe it's that scene in there where I was just like... <laughs>
0: Oh Susie I love you i there was a scene where um they they did break up but then at the end of the show mm. you see Susie sitting there in her apartment but she's sitting by the phone yeah and she's kind of like like she's in her feelings so she still wants to be mad at her mm-hmm but you know she still kind of just wants the phone to ring. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, Susie! Mm-hmm. I was like, because I remember, I watched that episode, and it may have been like about two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I can't go to bed now. I got to make sure that they get back together. <laughs> I can't go to bed now, and I had to. force yeah. forced myself through the next. That's episode, how you know you got man. a good show.
1: Yeah, man. When you can't go to bed because you're like, well, I got to find out what happens next. Um, so many good performances. Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. That scene where the her mother has displaced his office, <laughs> and the office is now in the dining room, and the dining room is now in his office, and he is. Just buried under a ton of books. Yes, and he's like falling over all the piles. Oh my God, the performance in that! I watched that twice. Yes, that's how much I like that scene. Yeah, it's like Uh, Dad, I
0: need to talk to you. And he's like, okay. He's like, is it going to happen here? He's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think this is (laughs) where we are. Because I I can't move. Yeah, you know the
1: performance of him in those stacks of books falling over and like getting outraged. Right, because she goes.
0: Uh, because she says she's going to get back with back with the boyfriend, the, the husband. The, the husband. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no. no. Yeah. He tries to climb yeah. over it. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> tries to climb over the books to get to
1: her and can't do it. He can't. God, what a great performance. Oh my God. He's good. Kevin 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 Pollack as the husband's father. Oh my God. That's I forgot he was. Yes. Yes? Yeah, he's good too. I'm like, where are they digging? Yeah. From. And the, the two fathers just ha- like, well, the one father, I don't think he hates the other father, but Tony Shaloub absolutely, absolutely abhors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the only character I don't think I like so far is the. Uh, oh, and they even had what's his name? The comedian um, helping her out.
0: Lenny Bruce. Lenny
1: Bruce. His yeah. Lenny Bruce was really interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think the only character in that show I don't like and I, I think he's an unlikable character is the husband.
0: Michael Ziegen as Joel Mazel. Joel Mazel. Yeah, he, he, he does it well. He plays it well. Yeah, he plays it well.
1: Yeah, he's supposed to be a kind of a, a schlub.
0: Yeah, he, he But you come, you don't feel for him because mm-hmm. I never feel for him. Yeah, but you're kind of happy about him at on the the uh, finale.
1: Yes, the very la- one of the very last scenes of the show. Yeah, of season one, I went good for you exactly because i you, the, the reaction could have gone one of two ways and you mm-hmm. saw it going in one direction mm-hmm. and then he said something that lets you know it's the other direction i go
0: yeah good yeah yeah oh, so. i love i love Susie because now i'm thinking about how she and, and and like the show you know it's no spoilers ladies and gentlemen go check it out it's on amazon prime um it's only eight episodes so you can power through it it need, i wish it was more I wish it was more, but I'm happy that it was a solid eight, yes, yeah. you know what I mean? Not over stuff like Netflix shows. Yeah. Um, but there's a scene where, like, you know, like uh, she is, Mrs. Maisel, is, she's killing it, Midge. She's killing it all all over the place. And now she all of a sudden she starts doing parties. Mm-hmm. She's doing oh. all these parties. And there's a guy who all of a sudden wants to kind of like partner with her yeah. at these parties because they're kind of cute and funny. And Susie has to jump in her smack about, yo, you don't need him. Yeah. And like, just, and like, course corrects her mm-hmm. right off. Really, when you think, like, hey, this could be kind of cool. They might be yeah. able to start something, you know, yeah, who knows yeah. where this can go. But she's like, no, no, you don't need that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's because Susie jumps in her world about there mm-hmm. that when Midge then later goes to this big time comedian's house, who oh. you find is totally just a total caricature of what she is on, on on the on the stage. Another great scene. Um, and you see Midge come have a complete takeaway hmm. from that encounter that you thought she had. Yeah. But I think she only has that because of what Susie has instilled in her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The stuff she's learned from hanging out with yes. Susie. Yes. Um. What? Oh, goddamn it. Uh, Oh, I think my favorite piece from that entire season, though, is that they let you stew in what it's like to be a working stand-up. Yes. And there's a whole, I think it's one of those like pre-credit sequences, but it's like, she gets up on stage, it's a bunch of small little clips. She gets up on stage, she tells a joke. Mm -hmm. Then it cuts to, she gets up on stage, she tells the same joke a little differently. She gets up on stage again, and then it's her workshopping her... Her tight 10, as they call it.
0: Exactly. A tight
1: 10-minute set when you go up on stage. And watching her workshop those different jokes, and really you can see the escalation of the laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, And they generally get funnier. Yep. Um, Because, you know, part of the problem about writing a show about a stand-up is making sure the stand-up actually gets funny. Right. And that the audience is laughing with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it will take you out if the whole audience in the show is laughing but no one at home is laughing. But it was really great to watch that workshopping sequence. That
0: that was really cool. Yeah,
1: I really enjoyed that. Um, But yeah, great show. Wow, we really went off on a tangent there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was deserving.
1: Yeah. Um, Oh, right, because I was talking about... uh, We were talking about Ozark. Yeah, and Ozark.
0: Right. Um, All right, cool. Uh, And Home Dad Abroad, continuing with it, because this is where we were. We're on Home Dad Abroad's email. Yeah. So... um, Is Titans worth, is Titans worth, you know, what limited time you have left on this earth?
1: Well, is any television? Yeah, really. If you're spending your time watching TV, you could probably be doing something more constructive.
0: Right. Um, So, no, it's not worth that. No. However, what I will say is that... If you have recently just made a run, a Wendy's run, a McDonald's run, where you're over there in Southeast Asia, so I don't know, maybe you got some dumplings. Um, It's worth watching while you're eating. Okay. There you go. That's That's good. That's what it's worth.
1: Yeah. All right. Because I I didn't know how to answer this either. I was going to say no. It's not worth, like... Because really, it boils down to, is it worth spending the money for the subscription service to DC Universe if you're only going to be watching that? Right. And to that, I would say no. No, it's not. Now that I've prepaid for the year and there's other things on that service I do like, uh, it's a nice little icing on the cake Mm -hmm. that I'm enjoying the Titan show.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't think I would continue paying for it just for Titans.
0: No. 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 Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. Not at yeah. all.
1: So yeah. Thank you so much for the email, um, home dad abroad. We really appreciate it. And we have another email from. Well, I guess maybe we got two.
0: see one from Christopher Saint Selsey. Good night. Well, I have another one. This okay. one's
1: from Anthony Drago. Okay. Anthony D. He, I believe he visited my
0: shop a while ago. Well, here. Let me do. Let me do Christopher's because it's short. Okay. Good. So Christopher's real short one saying happy Thanksgiving. Hey guys, just wishing you a very happy turkey day. I'll be eating Chinese food on the day because my family isn't celebrating until Saturday. Oh. I'll also be going to GameStop for some mystery boxes and then going to see Creed 2 with my AMC Stubbs membership. What are your plans? P.S. Shout out to all of my fans.
1: (laughs) I guess he means home dad abroad. Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't know what these mystery boxes are. I guess GameStop. Something is
0: happening at GameStop.
1: Yeah. And then... um,
0: Probably a Black Friday thing.
1: You know, I was thinking about Thanksgiving. And as Americans, the atrocities that we have bestowed upon the Native American peoples. Mm -hmm. And then we dress up in fucking the outfits and we have a parade. Mm-hmm. We got all this fucking bullshit that we do on Thanksgiving. I would be 100% behind if all of a sudden someone was like, you know what? Maybe we should stop doing it on that day. We're stop. We're going to stop having Thanksgiving, but we are going to have a day dedicated to family, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Cause that's really what Thanksgiving is for me. It has nothing to do about the, the, the settlers and the genocide that happened. It's really about getting together with family, uh, especially if you don't get to see them for most of the year, mm-hmm. having some food together, breaking bread, all that sort of stuff, uh, and coming together um, for like familial, you know, time—that I, right. I like. But I do. There is a little part, a portion of me that's just like, "Fuck Thanksgiving, man! What a—it's like Columbus Day." Yeah. What are you celebrating that dipshit for? Yeah, you the found shit you by accident and then murdered a bunch of people. Fuck that's that right. guy. That's right. That's um, right. I feel you. Yeah. So. But also, God damn it, I love some turkey. You know, I wish we had some... Like, I just call it turkey day. Like, happy turkey day! We're getting together to eat this food together, family.
0: I ran this idea by, by my uh, my girlfriend, Twana, the other day. She totally shot it down. So did her daughter. So I was really upset. But I'm going to run it by you. Okay. So, you know, the new... I guess it's not new. It's over the last few years. thing that people do, because Thanksgiving is so family-heavy, you know, either before or just after Thanksgiving, a lot of people do Friendsgiving. Because yes. you want to celebrate with your friends. Yes. And you get together. I love and, Friendsgiving. And it's usually like a potluck type of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and I think that's cool. However, I've always had this uh, idea. Years ago, there was a McDonald's commercial. And I'm, I don't eat McDonald's. But there was a McDonald's commercial where this guy was giving a, a, a party at his house. And he's trying to f- come up with what to cook. For this short get together he was having at his house, and eventually what he did is what he went to went to McDonald's and he bought a whole bunch of quarter pounders, took them out of the wrapper, stuck the, the decorative Toothpick. toothpicks in them, <laughs> and had stacks of the quarter pounders <laughs> that he had on on his coffee table for his friends as they came over, and everybody grabbed a quarter pounder, and he had a tub of fries, and that was it. And I was like, that's a cool party. Yeah. So now I have an idea. I just want to do it one time. Okay. I understand Friendsgiving, that's great. However, to me, to make it more meaningful, I want to break tradition for one Thanksgiving and have hamburgers, a stack of hamburgers, right? Uh-huh. A stack of chicken sandwiches,
1: uh-huh.
0: because not everybody eats beef, right? Uh-huh. Maybe some fish, because some people like fish. And wings, right? And maybe even have turkey wings. Is
1: this right. just—is
0: this just a Super Bowl party, or no? Okay. I want this to be Thanksgiving. Okay. Because then most people, if you get that type of stuff, people don't mind warming that stuff up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then the only other thing that I'm cooking are fries. Oh well, yeah. I'm cooking fries all day because you can't warm up fries. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have warm fries. Hot crispy French fries. So I'm making fries all day, but we've got burgers rock galore, it out. Yeah. And maybe we're doing it on a like on an indoor grill type of thing mm-hmm. or whatever because he's still doing this. Because I wanted to do this on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it's a break of tradition. I admit. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the turkey. You don't have the macaroni and cheese and everything like that. I tried to, trying to talk her into it. I said, I'll give you this. If we do make it a grill thing, we will grill turkey wings mm-hmm. and have macaroni and cheese. But that's as far as I will go Towards the traditional Thanksgiving. Okay. I want this to be totally untraditional. I want it to be able to, and I want you to invite just your immediate family. Yeah. And your closest friends. Okay. So that they can hopefully, because maybe they won't come. Len, I need some turkey. All right, well, yeah. you don't come. But hopefully they will come in solidarity for that one moment so that your family can uh, meet the best friend that you're always talking about and vice versa. can meet the brother that gets on your nerves and all that <laughs> type of stuff. And then you can get together and... Um, you know, you don't watch the games, you don't turn on the TV, you're just playing games or just having a conversation, and you're and you're doing that over the burgers and the constantly coming hot fries. Now, I understand that everybody gets together on Thanksgiving and they want the cranberry sauce, they want the turkey, they want the macaroni and cheese, they want the bread, the rolls and all this, yada, yada, yada. yada. Fuck yeah. I understand that. However, for one Thanksgiving,
2: uh-huh.
0: I contend that if people come to the house and you, yes, you have to give them the let them know what they're stepping into. Right, yeah, yeah. What's on the menu. So you know what's, what's happening when you come in there? People will come. People will have fun because at the end of the day, it's about being with the people, yeah, it's not the food. is like yes, you get used to that's the food you want. You're used to seeing, mm-hmm. but it's really about catching up with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really about and breaking bread with one another. Well, you can break bread with a really good burger. All right, so there's two. There's two elements
1: to this. There's two sections to this. I agree with one. I disagree with the other. One is bringing your friends and family together. Yes, I think that's a lovely idea. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of both. Everyone gets boop. Now the problem with that being. What about the friends who have to spend time with their family? Maybe they come. Maybe it with they don't. Family. Maybe they come. Maybe they don't. Maybe they come so later. Every oh, maybe maybe I Most would people see people come later. But then on the other hand, you're just making uh, what's that the football thing I just said? What's it called? Super Bowl. You're just making Super Bowl food, right? Yeah. But like, I'm looking forward all year to the mugging turkey. And okay, the, so you don't come. I'm not coming. Okay. I want to eat the turkey. Why can't you do that? But then make regular food. Make regular Thanksgiving food. No. <laughs> Just have the friends and family with the turkey and the stuffing and the mac and cheese and the yeah, bread no, and the, the cranberry. No, 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 no.
0: But why? If we're gonna break traditions, let's break the fuck Let's break the hell out of them.
1: All right. I'm giving you turkey wings. Nah, man. I'm giving you turkey wings. Sushan, what I do he, you think? Shushan is nodding her head.
2: So I think as a, a multi-ethnic individual that I like the idea of breaking tradition in general. I've always thought about having like a, an Asian fusion Thanksgiving. I, I think that would be great, but too. Just something fun and different. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, I, I think it could be fun. I, and, but I also, I, as soon as we started talking about burgers, though, I was thinking about uh, the one restaurant here, Lucky's Last Chance, mm-hmm. and how they do like a thematic burger every month so they have like a thanksgiving burger i'm like people can bring if your friends are coming later they can bring their leftovers they can put they can make a thanksgiving burger if they need to maybe like it could be yeah it could be I think that's fun I like the idea I get I do get I feel like for the people who are traditionalists they need to find a way to do both and I think that doing both is doable but I I think it sounds
1: I don't think I'm a traditionalist I think I'm a man who likes turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes and corn and I only seem to get that particular uh amalgamation of foods on a plate at one time a year so it's not I'm a traditionalist is that I want the I want the food
2: do you request that any other time of year
1: well, no, because because I know I'm gonna because I know I'm gonna get. It. Who's gonna sit there and make a turkey for twelve hours? I'm
2: not, gonna, I'm not gonna make a whole turkey for a non. If there's not a lot of people, but it, like you can make a turkey. See, and turkey uh, wings, turkey breast. Yeah, like you can make a smaller version. Of I would eat.
1: I would eat that any time of year.
2: I would not eat that any time of year. I would only eat that. Thing. Oh, you know
1: what? It's not a summer meal. You're right. I wouldn't know any. It. It's a winter meal. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Um, but yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. People don't. Go to all that effort other times of year, but I'm like, it's it's fair. There's Boston Market that's easy to do. Like, oh, I
0: do like Boston Market. <laughs> so, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! So you just bastardized it with Boston Market?
2: Oh, man.
1: I mean they got good food. I used to work there. I'll uh-huh. tell you what, I used to work there, and it's one of the only places that I've had. A, I have a long storied past with food service, and that is the only place that I still feel really comfortable eating after working inside one. If you say, because everything's steamed. I hear you. Everything's in bags, and they steam it, and they plop it into the pan, and it's they served up. I'm not
2: trying to bastardize any of it. I'm just saying, if you, need a, if you need a Thanksgiving-esque fix, they can do that. For you.
1: Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. So if I get to go to thanks if I get a Thanksgiving meal somewhere else besides Thanksgiving, yeah, I'll come to your burger joint. Friends and family coming together. I think it's beautiful. Anyway, what are we talking about? How do we get to this one?
0: I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, St. Saucy. Oh, oh, St. Saucy. So that's Saint what Saucy. we did. So happy Thanksgiving to you too, St. Saucy.
1: Yeah, speaking of those mystery boxes, man, I'm still waiting for my loot freight. I ordered a loot freight from Loot Crate. What's the loot freight? I'm sorry, loot freight. Loot, loot freight. It's the oh. horror themed loot crate. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers still having not sent my shit. It's floating all around. Well, they sent it. It's just floating all around Philadelphia trying to get to me, and I don't know where it is. Mm. Uh, and I tried asking their, them for help, and their help people suck. Just the worst. Ugh. Anyway, Anthony D. wrote us in, and he said, J.D. and Len, I happen to be listening to a distant episode of Gutter Talk, recorded January 7th, 2016. 2016? Wow. In this episode, you declared your New Year's resolutions to read slash watch certain pieces of media. Ooh. So, I have to wonder... Oh, man. Given that we are almost three years out from this episode... Were any of these resolutions completed? <laughs> if so, please provide your commentary. I have listed your comics slash movie slash TV resolutions below. Okay. Len mm. committed to finishing Preacher. Ooh. Will watch The Last Dragon with the legendary Bruce Leroy catching bullets with his teeth.
0: Yeah. I, well, I've. Uh, okay.
1: Will he will hate watch Arrow and try Doctor Who quote unquote again? Okay. JD will read Sandman through Volume 2, mm. watch The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the 8th Dimension mm. and Time Bandits, Oh, and will try Supergirl on CW. Randy, Transmetropolitan, A Clockwork Orange, and start Game of Thrones. <laughs> and Tim from last week, read Gotham Central, watch Kill Bill, try Season 1, of The Walking Dead. Holy shit, Anthony D. He did wow. a deep, deep cut.
0: That's a very deep cut. So Len, yes.
1: Did you finish? Now wait. This must have been Preacher, the the graphic novel series, right? Yes. Did you finish Preacher? No. Cool. Nice. Did, did not you not watch pick it up again?
0: The Last Dragon. Not only have I watched and have since since starting the Michelle mission reviewed The Last Dragon. Ooh. One time, um, two years ago because of our show reaching a certain um fundraising goal i had to then watch the last dragon every day for 90 days what yeah uh, yeah did you do it yes i you did you watched 90 i watched the the last dragon every day for 90 days um, and not only that i'm about to Within the next month, sit down with my show mission partner, Vince, and uh, Ariel Johnson from Amalgam Comics, and we are going to record a full-length audio commentary for The Last Dragon that we are going to be using as a, uh, a giveaway for our 2018 fundraising.
1: 134 hours, Len. Yeah. That's 134 hours of The Last Dragon.
0: Yeah. Have you oh, ever seen The Last Dragon? No. You're, you're a lucky one. Um oh, did you hate watch Arrow? I I did watch more of Arrow after that. I have since not only given up on Arrow, I have given up on all of the CW shows. Um it, it's uh, Arrow's just it's Arrow's uh, uh, <laughs> not good. Arrow's just you're not, not a good. You don't show.
1: enjoy it. However, I tell you what, I saw the trailer for this new season where he's in prison. And it seems it looks pretty interesting. They don't care. <laughs> now, did you try Doctor Who again? Now no. we have got the lady.
0: No, you know what? Um, I have to. I do have to watch with um, the new the new season. I haven't the watched the thirteenth Doctor. Yeah, I do have to watch that. Yeah. So
1: I watched the first episode of it. I watched the first fifteen minutes of it, and I fell asleep. And then I watched the last five minutes of it, <laughs> of of episode one, as far as I got. Did it seem enjoyable? Oh yeah, yeah. If I wasn't just falling, if I wasn't just super super sleepy, I think I, I would have enjoyed it. But yeah, what I saw of it, I, I liked. Oh, as for me, Sandman, I have read the first three volumes of Sandman. Okay. Don't care. <laughs> I still don't care. Uh, Ka- uh, my friends um, Julia and Mike. Uh, Julia is a very big Sandman fan, and she lent me uh, the first three volumes. And uh, it's I don't I don't care. It's like a it's very discordant. Mm-hmm. I feel like it doesn't have a, th- a through line yet that right. I care about. Right. Um, it's very episodic.
0: Yeah. And it, so that and I, I think th- it continues like that.
1: Oh, I'll tell you what I did read, though. I read Sandman Overture,
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: also by Neil Gaiman and painted by the beautiful J.H. Williams. Mm. Beautiful art. That is a one and done. You could read it without knowing much about Sandman and still really enjoy it. That's the new one, right? That's the one that came out maybe five years ago.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I We did, in fact, get together at my place to watch The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, I remember you doing that, you didn't, and Tim. didn't. Well, and Kennedy. Oh, that's right, Kennedy, yeah. Didn't care. <laughs> Didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I told the, you. The aesthetic of it is so cool. There's so many weird things happening, and he mm-hmm. plays a guitar, and he's mm-hmm. got the cool jacket, and yep. there's weird, weird shit happening.
0: I think it would do well as an animated series. Yes. If they were to reboot it in, in any type of way. It's an animated series, I think it would do very well. Yeah, that well. would be kind of cool, actually. I could see that. Yeah.
1: Um, And Supergirl, I love. I've watched the first season on, of Supergirl on the CW. I think I'm the only one who's kept up. I didn't watch Tam- Time Bandits, so I failed that resolution. But I watched the whole first season of Supergirl. Enjoyed it mens- immensely. Well, there you go. Well, Supergirl is good. Yeah, she's she's great. Um, I feel like the main the, the the woman who plays Supergirl, whose name
0: Michelle Melissa Benoist.
1: Yeah, I always say Benoist, but yeah, um, is. she's fantastic. She is. She shows up to do work.
0: Yes, she and does. she
1: she puts in her work as Supergirl. I believe her. Uh, there's one sequence where she's going up against the Android um the red tornado.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the fucking outfit. The, yeah, the prosthetics. Yeah on oh my God. That's like 90s level superboy mm-hmm. costuming. But um she lets loose with, I think, like some sort of Kryptonian heat heat ray. Um, what do you call it? Heat vision. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I sound like I've never read a comic book in my life. She lets loose with the heat vision in such a way that, like, her vocals and her face is contorted, and you can feel the anguish and rage in her, and it, it got me, it gave me chills. Yeah. Just watching her unleash that.
0: So, I do watch the CW. I usually watch every season at least their their crossover between all the shows. Oh, I'm behind. So, um, and those are kind of, those are kind of cool. You know, they still annoy me because hmm. everybody's sucking at the teeth of Arrow, and I don't understand why.
1: Do they though? I don't know anyone who really cares about Arrow anymore.
0: Well, I mean, but on those crossovers, like he's considered like oh, the, the main, the like the big guy. Yeah. He's the he's the probably. Leader.
1: You know what? He's the he's the he's the Batman the of veteran. the universe
0: well and the veteran he's
1: the guy who's been doing it the longest yeah, yeah. it just
0: annoys me uh Randy I don't know if Randy even listens Randy's to the show Randy's done Randy's well Randy does listen to Gutter Talk oh hi Randy and I can I can Randy's gonna I will go out on a limb and say that Randy has not done any of those Transmet Clockwork Orange Game of Thrones no well I know he hasn't started Game of Thrones Randy oh. could care less about Game of Thrones it's so good though it is very it's good.
1: so good and then Tim, I know Tim, I think he tunes in every so often. So, Tim, let us know. Read a, uh, email us in or, or uh, leave us a voicemail on coltspopgo.com. Leave us a voicemail. There you go. For uh, Gotham Central, Kill Bill, and Season 1 of The Walking Dead. Thank you, Anthony D. What a, what a heck of an email to go back so far to hold us to task. Great emails this week. It was nice to not have to think up any content because we were just responding to (laughs) to the the listeners. That's
0: why we love our listeners. (laughs) Thank you,
1: listeners, for doing the work for us. Um, You can email us at coltspopgo at gmail.com. Or or
0: blacktribbles at gmail.com.
1: And answer this question. I was just talking to Len when we were off of the air. I don't know if you could tell, but we generally have to pause the show when customers come into my shop. So uh, we have a little bit of downtime in between segments sometimes. And uh, I was asking if, if there's movies that Len likes to watch... This time
0: of year. Like, well, not any movies, but there's two specials that I, I try to catch. One Star Wars Christmas? No. <laughs> no. 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 But you know what I will do? I will do for you, text me or remind me, hmm. the next time that I will bring for you, because it's maybe about three years ago now, the Black Tribbles, we did a very special um, event, Christmas event mm-hmm. at WHYY. Our our annual Christmas triple. We did a HYY as the giveaway. Uh-huh. We fit, we recorded an audio commentary for the Star Trek for the Star Wars Christmas special.
1: Oh no, really?
0: So it actually is a DVD that you can put in. It's the Star Wars Christmas special, and you can hear the Black Tribbles giving you like a commentary.
1: You know, I love those. Um, like for instance, uh, MST3K is the big one, right? Yeah. But my problem with MST3K, and this is another tangent, is that I don't care about the movie they're discussing. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, what are they called? They're like free. They're, um, I guess no one has rights to them anymore or something. They're yeah, like
0: they're in, um, uh, oh God. Copyrighted. Uh, What's domain. Public domain. Public domain.
1: Yeah, I guess they're public domain movies. I don't even know if that's how movies work, but it seems like they're that version of it. And they'll, they'll do little commentaries about these crappy ass movies with Bad acting and bad production and all this other stuff. And to me, none of that is really interesting. What I want is what I think they're doing with... Um, uh, God, they have a whole thing that they're doing. Where you can download audio commentaries for
0: more current movies. Like, Oh, yeah. I want one of like Spider-Man 3. Well, there's people that do podcasts that are that. That are just commentaries? So your podcast you... is just like the commentary. So it's the podcast that you would be playing or have on your ear while you're watching the movie
1: yeah i think i would need someone to recommend one of those to me first of all i didn't know they existed yeah um what are they called net not net i keep wanting to say netflix it's
0: something flicks um what i don't know what you're trying to pull
1: it's those guys the mst3k guys Uh, they'll do they have a new thing that they do where you can buy and download audio commentary for more contemporary films
0: oh okay that they don't have the
1: rights to play right um uh, as soon as we hang up, I'm going to remember. But anyway, um, because the, you know, what are we talking about? What do you like to watch this year? Yeah, this time so of
0: year? so so there's two sp- specials I, I try and I try and catch. Yes. every year, the original animated special, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Oh, because I, I just I mean like the movie so, like it, like I know there's the movie that's like blowing up in theaters right now. The yeah. Grinch. It looks cute, man. It looks like it's cool, but to me, I need Boris Karloff's voice. Is that who that was? Yes. Oh, I need I need that voice. Horror icon Boris Karloff. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so I always try and catch that, and I also try and catch a Charlie Brown Christmas.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, but I, every time I catch a Charlie Brown Christmas, I love it all over again because I mean, who who, who cannot love that that special? But then it goes off. And I remind myself, man, I didn't watch a Charlie Brown Halloween. Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And that's the one I haven't seen in forever. That's
1: my favorite one. I love that. I have a a Halloween playlist that I make on Spotify and I listen to it every year. The first thing on that Halloween playlist is the theme music, the Vince Garibaldi, is that his name? Yeah, Giraldi. Vince Vince Giraldi. Right. Um, Music from The Great
0: Pumpkin. Oh, he did a music for the Great Pumpkin because I only mm. thought he did Charlie Brown Christmas.
1: Mm-mm. Nope, he did. Um, oh, yeah, Great Pumpkin, Charlie oh, now Brown. I gotta hear that music. So yeah, uh, email us in at. Well, what's, some, what's your go-to movies? Oh shit! Well, Do there's you nothing. Have one? There's nothing on Thanksgiving. I oh, find nah. that what I like around Thanksgiving time is uh, romance. So, like, um, and I discovered a subgenre that I just discovered that is my my John is uh, time travel romance. Because oh. we watched uh, the Lake House, mm. which is about fucking—it's a it's time-traveling letters. Like right, one guy's writing right. to a, Jesus, Keanu Reeves Keanu and, Reeves Sandra, and Bullock. Sandra Bullock are writing to each other from different time periods through the same mailbox. Mm-hmm. Makes does not a lick of sense. No, um, and the end when you get to the end of the film makes even less sense. Yes, but there's something about it that I find charming and cute. I also like the Time Traveler's Wife. I also like another movie starring a time-traveling man who's married to Rachel McAdams, a la Time Traveler's Wife, called About Time, starring Domo Gleason, Mm. which is another interesting one. And his dad is played by Bill Nighy, who I love. So, um, yeah, I guess Thanksgiving is time-traveling romance movies for me. Interesting. Uh, And then when we roll roll into Christmas, though, it is, I do like some of those classics like uh, It's a Wonderful Life, I like Gremlins, I like Die Hard, I like um,
0: Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah, man. Home Alone is actually going to be playing in theaters. Oh, nice! Around Christmas time for like a two nights only, I believe. Guess where?
1: The movie tavern. The movie
0: tavern. Wow! Well, if only had fucking pickles. <laughs> I'll go see it.
1: I want to see it. I haven't seen it in a while, but I like it.
0: You know what? Another movie that's going to be playing there around Christmas, and I I've seen it a bunch of times, but it would be fun to see it on the big screen again. Die Hard.
1: Oh, love Die Hard. Love Die Hard.
0: See, it's up there the with screen, Aliens
1: yeah. as one of my favorite action films.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Die Hard, but my favorite action film, like to me, is is The Raid and The Raid 2.
1: Oh my God. Well, yeah. Those are next level action movies. Those yes. are those
0: are martial arts films. Have you seen uh The Night Comes for Us on Not Netflix? Yet. Not yet. Yo, you gotta see that.
1: Yeah, it's on my list. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh I haven't, I haven't been in a super action movie mood just yet, but it's waiting for me. My God. Yeah. Although I did just see a Mission Impossible Fallout.
0: If you saw Mission Impossible Fallout and you you know you went ape shit about Tom Cruise fighting Superman, yeah. Then watch the night come for us and watch some real fighting.
1: Okay, I will. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex on Twitter. You can... Um, thank you so much to everyone who donates to the Patreon at Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. I really appreciate it. Uh, it means the world to me. Hey, you can tweet me
0: at the TheBatTribble on Twitter or at BlackTribbles on Twitter. Either way, I check out both of them. Yeah, man. Um, and... hey. You don't have to answer just yet, mm-hmm. but here's an open invitation to you, as well as Mrs. Destructo, uh-huh. on December 20th, on the Black Tribbles. Oh, we're inviting a bunch of our friends and everybody to come in live onto the show. Oh, and we are for two hours are just going to have fun singing holiday carols <laughs> and TV theme songs. That's so cute. Yes. God damn it, Len. So you're welcome to come and join us.
1: Fucking adorable. That's awesome. Be on
0: FM radio screaming out the uh, singing happy days. Or that whatever. sounds
1: awesome. That's amazing. I might just do that. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Ta-ta.